Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk all things dirty birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. From the Northern Kia Studios, it is John Freaky for John Chuckery tonight. Chuck will be back on Monday night from 7 to 11 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, here are the important numbers of the day, okay? Here are the important numbers. The numbers are 12, 18, 27, and 50. 5 zero. 12, 18, 27, and 50. 12 days until the first NFL Camp Veterans Report, the New York Football Jets, 12 days from now. 18 days before the Falcons uh, Veterans Report, to uh, AT&T training camp in Flowery Branch and, of course, complete coverage of the training camp of the Atlanta Falcons right here on your home of the Falcons Sports Radio 92 on the game. 27 days from now, the Hall of Fame game. Toe meets leather. That's an Al Cerrado reference. Do you know that I'm so old that at one time I produced Al Cerrado's football games on the radio at WGST in 1979? That's all. Tom H. Slaughter. Al was a really good man. That was 1979. Uh, 27 days from now, that was uh, 44 years ago. Uh, 27 days from now, the Hall of Fame game, Jets and Browns in Canton, Ohio, and 50 days to week zero of uh, college football. And, of course, week zero of college football, we have Notre Dame and Navy. It's not really a great week of, of you know, massive games. I know uh, I've got a good friend of mine who went to Jacksonville State. For those of you who are new to Atlanta, Jacksonville State is not in Florida. Jacksonville State is in Alabama, and uh, they are going up to Conference USA, and they're playing their opener with Rich Rod, who's their head coach, no less, and they're playing UTEP. Dana DeMel's UTEP. The UTEP Miners are coming in to face uh, the Gamecocks in Jacksonville. So uh, Jacksonville State opens up, uh, and there are a few other smattering of games. Uh, Hawaii is at Vanderbilt. Are you excited about the Hawaii at Vanderbilt game? little Timmy Chang against Clark Lee action there in, in Nashville. Do you think that? Do you think, by the way, do you think, Diddy, is it culture shock for the kids, uh, the young players from the islands, to come to Nashville? <laughs> Probably a little bit, just a little yeah, bit, just a tad, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know. So anyway, Hawaii at Vanderbilt, which is the Vanderbilt's the first SEC team who gets a crack at it this year, and they play the. I don't think they're the Rainbow Warriors anymore. I think they're just the Rainbows. I think they, they thought the whole Warrior thing. Okay. 
I think they're just the Hawaii Rainbows now. Remember when Hawaii played Georgia in that bowl game? Mm-hmm. Was, what was, was that? Timmy, that was a what? No, no, it wasn't Timmy. I was going to say it was Timmy Chang the quarterback. I don't think Timmy Chang was the quarterback. I think it was that other dude. Colt Brennan, right? I think. Anyway, uh, they played down in the, the uh, Sugar Bowl. And Hawaii was like 11-0 and 0 and ranked number seven. And then they came in and Georgia beat the hell out of them. It was like, oh, God. Oh, you're 11-0? and 0? You're Hawaii. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Crush. Um, so uh, those are the important dates. 12. We are tw- dating 12 days from the first veterans reporting. I mean, that's how fast it comes, right? I know, man. It's getting exciting, actually. And we mentioned earlier this list of free agents. Oh, there is one other number that you do need to know. 404-726-0929. And if you're just joining me on this Friday night, have missed the last couple of nights where I filled in for John Chuckery, have not yet heard my weekend show. Don't know what else you're doing on the weekends. You ought to listen to me. 10 to 2 Saturday, 10 to 2 Sunday. So I'll get off the air at 11 o'clock tonight. I'll be right back on the air at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, So... Uh, The way I work here, I do a talk show, okay? Occasionally I have a guest. I had Deshaun uh, Tate because I want to fill in, especially when when the story warrants and there's somebody that could talk about a story. And, of course, DeJounte Murray was a big story, and so we reached out to Tate to talk about that. But because they're going to have a little inside expertise that, you know, maybe I don't have because they're a little bit closer to the story, uh, you know, and, and covering it on a daily basis. Uh, but for the most part, what I do here, it is a talk show. And you can call in at 404-726-0929. And the table is always open. Now, I'll put out some topics here, but I don't turn topics down. I'm not one of these hosts say, you know, we're talking about, like in this hour, the Atlanta Falcons, which we're about to talk about. I'm about to set you up here. Uh, we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons. You cannot talk about uh, Georgia football. You cannot talk about Auburn football. You can't talk about... You know, the Braves. I mean, if you really want I mean, I'm not going to get – what? We're not talking about the Braves right now. We're talking about the Falcons. Some guys that actually – some guys and gals, I guess, uh, you know, if I expand it out a little bit, uh, would actually say that. I don't. So you're always welcome. I also tell you, don't – please, the one, the one rule I have – well, in, in addition to the obvious rules, which is, you know, don't curse and, you know, don't call me names because, you know, that would probably just get you kicked off the show, even if it's true. Um, the the – um, don't hang up, because what I do is I like talking to you. If you came up to me in a bar, I wouldn't expect that you would say, unless you had something else to do, hey, John, hey, uh, hey, what do you think of this? And then turn around and say, uh, I'm going to leave. You wouldn't do that. We'd have a conversation, right? So when you call in, I treat you like we are having a conversation. You may ask me a question. Odds are I'm going to ask you one. And we're going to talk. We're going to have there's going to be some time here on the radio for you to, it's a little bit different, I know. Most places you call in, you get 15 seconds and you're off. That's not the way I work on these shows. I want to talk to you. You are my guests at 404-726-0929. So anything you want to talk about, but let me focus you in on one topic I would like to talk about and ask you a question in regards, since we are 18 days away from the Falcons veterans and the opening of AT&T training camp, in regards to the Atlanta Falcons, if they are to win the NFC South this year, and I think they're going to win the NFC South. I made that patently clear. If they are going to win, though, what is the main reason in your mind that they would win the NFC South? I'll give you some options. Would it be, for example, you could say you could call up and say, 
John, it's they, they have a really easy schedule, and the division is really not that. There's not a heavy, lot of heavy, heavy lifting here. We can handle the Buccaneers. We can take care of the Kitty Cats. We can, you know, the Swampers ain't going to be killers. So we, we got this. It's the easy schedule and a, you know, in a, a lesser division. I mean, some people would probably rate it as the easiest and, and, and least talented division of the eight in the NFL. I, I don't know if I do, but some would. Okay? You could also say, no, they're going to win the NFC South because they are going to have a great running game. I mean, this offensive line last year was top five. They were maybe the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. And now you have Bijan Robinson to go with Tyler Algier, to go with Cordero Patterson. You know, they are going to be a tough team to handle because they're going to wear teams down. They're going to pound that rock. They're going to play Arthur Smith football, and they're going to win a lot of games in the fourth quarter this year. You can say that for a reason. You can say, you know what, they're improved on defense. I've gone over the list. But all of these guys, all these you know, young star players that they have, the D'Angelo Malones and the Adi Ogandages and the uh, Arnold Ebicades and the Michael Walkers and the, the Darren Halls and all these guys that go on and on, uh, including guys that they picked up that still have high hopes for, like Eddie Goldman, those guys are backups. They have a lot of depth on defense now. They spent so much money. They have six new starters. They might have seven if the youngster Clark Phillips uh, cracks the lineup. And they're really high. The Falcons are on Zach Harrison the edge out of Ohio State. So they have a lot of depth on defense. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you and blow smoke up your skirt and say this defense is going to be top 10. But they could be middle of the pack, okay? And that's all they might need because the offense could be really good. If they jump up to be the 15th best defense in the NFL, that's an improvement, and that alone might carry them to a division title. Then the other one you could pick might be, John, you know they're going to win the division because of this head coach because of the system that he's implemented, because of the culture that he's instilled in this team. And the culture and the system and the coach have proved themselves over the first two years. And they proved themselves by finishing 7-10 and 10 with next to nothing in cap hell and never quitting and actually having a chance to make the playoffs both years at Christmas time and beyond. So it's just some of the things that you think that might be. So I'm curious from Falcons fans at 404, 726-0929, if you want to give me a ring and talk about it. What is the one thing that you think would lead the Atlanta Falcons to winning the NFC South this year? I'm not myopic. I understand that it's not going to be – look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, the Falcons are going to win 12 games, and then the second-place team, Carolina and New Orleans, they're probably going to win eight, and then the other one of them is going to win seven, and the Bucks are going to win four. That's not going to be the case. Okay? I think the Falcons can win 10. They might be able to win 11, but we'll just keep it at 10 and say first place will be 10 wins, second place, nine wins, third place, eight wins, and fourth place, maybe seven. So it's like a 10, nine, eight, seven thing, and it will be probably tight into December and maybe down to the last week of the season. And who do the Falcons finish with? The New Orleans Saints. This is why the whole easy schedule thing, by the way, if you look at the final six weeks of the year, The Falcons play four of those games on the road, including a game in the next-to-last game of the season where they're in Chicago on New Year's Eve day, on December 31st. So they're playing in Soldier Field on December 31st, right? Just You don't have to be the smartest weatherman in the world to know what the weather might be like. In Soldier Field, Chicago, on December 31st, all right? And it might be that way. You get lucky, it's 40 degrees and sunny. You don't get lucky, it's 17 degrees, snow and blowing snow, and we all know how that goes. And by the way, the Bears could be pretty good 
And the Saints are going to be pre- – look, I much as I don't like the – pardon me, that normal Saints, look, they've got some weapons on offense. And if, if Alvin Kamara ain't going to go to jail or get suspended, and so far yet those things haven't happened, uh, you know, they're going to have, you know, an opportunity to be, you know, certainly explosive offensively. And you got to play them on the final week of the year. So, I mean, it's not going to be easy. So this whole easy schedule thing, ro- slow your roll a little bit. You know, you got you got to make hay in the front end of the schedule if you're the Atlanta Falcons. Four of your first six are at home. Your two that are on the road, including include a game in London against Jacksonville. Now, I know that the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be really good, but you're not playing in Jacksonville. You're playing them in London. And I know they're popular in London, but still, you're in, you're in London. And the other game is in Detroit against the Lions. you got to make some hay in the first six weeks of the year. I think you got to be four and two at the worst. At the worst. So how did the Falcons win this division? Your calls. Let's go to Brody. He's on with John. Hey, Brody. Rise up. How we're going to win Rise the up. NFC South is, is pretty It's pretty easy. I think that we're going to be successful on the road, and that's how we're going to win. I'm going to reiterate what you said. If you watched any of the Falcons games, we were a young, scrappy team, and we had no names out there. So now that we've revamped the defense, I think that it's going to be a 10-win season, and I really do. I think that uh, you, you look at the schedule, there's a lot of away games that will be swing games um, that I think as long as we win the divisional games, it's going to be great. All right, so, Brady, I, I'm trying to get you – I want to try and nail you down to one thing above all above all others because you kind of almost went on all four of what I just kind of laid out, and you could put more in there. You could say the Desmond Ritter is going to blow up into a big-time quarterback or, you know, the, the tight ends are going to have a big year or whatever it is you want to say. The sack's going to double or triple or whatever. It's hard not to get, improve off 21. Uh, and, yes, they could triple that number because uh, Philadelphia led the league with 72 last year. Uh, so, Brody, if you had to think about one thing, though, if I was kind of pointing to the to the schedule or to the run game or to the coaching or to the quarterback or, you know, to the improvement on defense, is there one thing that you think leads the way? I think what leads the way is going to be the defensive line um, and just getting guys out there to pressure the quarterback. I mean, it w- went to a multiple Falcons game last year, and that's just what, what kind of made it where – you know, the guys got all day to, to throw, and even though it wasn't a good quarterback that we were facing, they had, you know, multiple opportunities. Um, offensively, just stick to the same game plan that, that helped us last year and, and the run game. Yeah, no, and it did work. I mean, that run game, they're down 20 to nothing in Tampa in the second half, and they're still running the ball. And I'm like, why are you running the ball? Well, they ended up scoring twice getting a two-point extra point, and if not for a ridiculous call against uh, Grady on a f- phantom roughing the passer, they would have gotten the ball back with a chance to win the game. Uh, so, uh, no, he knows what he's doing with that run game. Thank you, Brody. 404-726-0929. What kind of leads the way? What's the number one thing at the very top that's going to take the Falcons to an NFC title this year, NFC South title this year, in, in your opinion? There's no wrong answer. I'm just asking you guys what you think and you see in terms of what you think is going to be kind of – is it the easy schedule, an easy division? Is it a great running game? Is it the tight ends, the quarterback? Is it the coaching, the system, the culture, the improved defense? What is it that you think is going to lead the way? As we continue next on Sports Radio 90, trying the game in the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is a Friday night from the Northern Kia Studios. The Braves are in the seventh inning of a game where they have only two hits against Tampa. They've struck out 11 times in this game. They probably tied a team record by striking out four times in the second inning. They literally struck out four times in the second inning and just happened that one of them was a drop third strike and Ozuna made it to first base safely. But he struck out and everybody else struck out. So, yeah, that's kind of how it's going. Oh, yeah, they're leading. They're ahead two to one. <laughs> it's been a pitcher's duel uh, between Tyrell Glass now and Charlie Morton, but I think we're now into the pens here in the seventh inning in a two-one game in Tampa. We'll keep our eyes on it, and uh, as we go along here, uh, talk about it, especially after the game ends here. Uh, we are talking about the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm curious from all you Blackbird fans out there as to um, what one thing above all others, because look, it's everything. I understand if you're going to. If you're going to win a, the NFC South, you've got to take care of your business in the division. You got to have, you know, you got to be on the at least at the very least on the plus side of the of the turnover margin. You've got to have, um, you know, uh, you know, field position and red zone percentages, and you know, you've got to have the easy it, it, the easy schedule. Turns out to be an easy schedule and not more difficult than you think it is. Uh, the division isn't as hard as you think it's going to be, or more as maybe as easy as you hope it will be. Uh, you know, your running game has to be on point and great. You've got to have an improved defense. It's all those things, but it's, it's above everything else. Um, I believe that the success of this team to this point has been the coaching, the system, and the culture uh, that Arthur Smith has instilled in, in Flowery Branch and inside that locker room at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, I think now that he's, he's established that, the coaching, the system, and the culture – 
I think it's up to the the players to really run with it. And this is where I think I think the offense is going to do its part. If they are going to win the NFC South, that defense has to be improved. Bud Dupree is talking big, which I appreciate, but this is my this is how I'm answering the question. That's why I want to hear from you. But he's got to show it to me on the field. You know, Calais Campbell, it's great to have him, and I'm I'm thrilled he's here, but at his age he has to show it to me on the field. Onyamata is the kind of guy that I expect big things out of, and he'll free up uh, Grady Jackson, but I need to see it on the field. Same with Caden Ellis, same with Clark Phillips, same with all these other guys. I need to see Abikadi take a next step. I need to see Jeff Okuda have some game. I need Jesse Bates to be what we expected when we paid him all that money. I need A.J. Terrell to get back to that all-star level. I need all these things. I need this defense to be at least in the middle of the pack of NFL defenses and maybe just a little bit tick better. Let's go to your calls at 404-726-0929. Let's go to Sean. He's on with John. Hey, Sean. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, first and foremost, man, the most important thing is staying injury-free. You know, that's that's first, the defense and offense. You know, we got to play injury-free football and then come along with that. You know, our defense got to gotta be mean in the trenches, man. We got to get out to the quarterback. Apply pressure every every play, and then in the offense got to control the tempo, you know, uh, manage clock, man, you know, and that's how we're going to be successful this year, you know, staying injury free. Right. So so so, but, but Perry, Sean, Sean, hang on, hang on, because again, like I said, we talk here, you know, you and I, but so we're standing at the bar. Pare this down for me a little bit because you're, you're I, and I don't want people to just rattle off a list here. I want you to give me kind of the one thing you think more than anything else. One thing above all others that you say, okay, this is the one reason most likely that this team will win this division. Do you have one? Yeah, I do have one. The number one reason that we will win the division this year is because coming in with a better payroll than what we had last year and the year before that. You know, we're coming in with some guys on the, on the payroll that can play football. Going out again, uh, yeah, Khalil Campbell. That's a great and, point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, bringing over Bates from Cincinnati. You know, these guys come from winning tradition programs. You know, they they know how to win. They know what it takes to win. So, you know, being able to open up the checkbook and to get these players in here, playmakers in here, is the number one reason why we should and will win the NFC South. Yep. No, thank you, Sean. I do appreciate the call because I think that's a really good point, and we can add that to the list here. It is an improved roster. And the depth of the roster, and uh, Sean uh, mentioned, you know, injuries, and we don't want injuries to happen. But one of the things that this team does have this year, we've talked about it at length again, and we will continue to talk about it through camp, is that they do have depth. I mean, their running back core is literally three deep with star players in Bijan and Tyler and Cordero. And their quarterback depth now is far better than it was last year because Ritter is – at least somewhat proven as a starter. Uh, granted, it's a, it's a minor proven, but he's somewhat proven as a starter. And then certainly t- uh, Taylor Heineke is a vast improvement, you know, in terms of a, being a backup over what Ritter was last year, an untested rookie. So uh, there's depth in the receiving core that we didn't have. There's depth at uh, all the positions on defense. This team has depth they didn't have before. So that'll, that'll certainly benefit in terms of not getting guys, you know, uh, overly used. And if, should anybody get dinged up, you've got another guy that could step up. If Bud Dupree goes down, here's Arnold Ebicady. You know, okay, Ebicady, you got to show me. 
Uh, 404-726-0929, so the improved roster from Sean, and, and that's a great point. Let's go to Nick. He's on with John. Hey, Nick. Hello, John. Uh, there was a point that you had made about the uh, running um, the running crew. I keep seeing on Bleacher Report that they're talking about that Cordell Patterson would be a cap hit or they'll be traded, and I don't know if they have a, a bias against Cordell Patterson, but you know how we – as you have said in uh, a conversation um, on a, uh, the other night that we have a um, four-headed monster, um, could Cordell Patterson be a cap hit? Could he be traded uh, because of his cap number? Or is it just hyperbole and they're just trying to stir the pot? You, you, do you say Where did you see this again, Nick? On Bleacher Report. I think you answered your own question. Okay. I put no stock. I put no stock in anything Bleacher Report reports. None. Look, um, okay. here's the here's the thing. The field position is going to be Nick at a at a premium this year. You've lost Avery Williams. Now Cordero obviously is not going to return punts, but you lost one of the most effective punt returners in the league. Gosh, you might have led the league in punt returns last year. Cordero is still, even at his age, one of the best kickoff returners in the league. He broke one last year, set the record, right? Correct, Nick. Nick? Oh, don't. Guys, all right. Here, guys, again, I want to have a conversation with you. I, I, so I sometimes I'm going to ask you questions. So please stay with me because uh, I, I, I had questions for Nick here in regards to Cordero Patterson. I'm not trying to shoot down his source here. I'm just saying that I don't put a whole lot of stock in Bleacher Report and, and, and you know, fan cited and, you know, some of the other blogs. I, look, they're fun to read, but the, the people that write for them have no inside information, okay? I mean, could they trade Cordell? Yes, they could trade anybody. They could trade Desmond Ritter. Sure. Cap hit? No. I mean, they don't need to cut him. They're under the cap, so they're fine. Uh, but what I was going to ask Nick is, look look at his value to this team. His value to Bijan as a runner and a pass catcher out of the backfield and what he can teach him. His value to this team as a runner and a, and a, and a pass catcher out of the backfield. His value to this team as a kick returner. You know, one of the great, the true greatest of all time to return kickoffs. He didn't forget how to do that. Again, he broke one last year. So, I, you know, I think Cordero is a, you know, a, especially with a young receiving core, and it's a young receiving core, he is invaluable to this team in a lot of ways. With a young quarterback and a young receiving core and a young running back, I mean, they are young on offense, okay? And Cordero is a linchpin kind of guy. So, I mean, they could. Uh, you know, anything is always possible. Uh, I had not heard that. Uh, this is the first I've heard of it. That's why I asked about Bleacher Report. I went, yeah, he said Bleacher Report, didn't he? I was like, yeah, I don't put any stock in Bleacher Report. Um, so not exactly insider experts. It's like people just kind of, hey, what do you think? You know, I mean, so uh, the, the, the this guy is too valuable. This team needed him in the past for his, his um, ability to run, his ability to run in the red zone, his ability to keep – and they still do. But they also need him, and they need Calais Campbell. They need players like this in the locker room. This is still it remains a very young team offensively. I mean, the two guys that are in front of him, technically on the depth chart at running back, are a rookie and a guy that's had 16 games. That's it. You know, I mean, you still have a, you know, a, a one-year wideout, and then you have a guy that's had a year and a half uh, who is essentially you know, a tight end flex wideout. And Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So no, this team is still very young in the in the uh, they're, they're potentially very explosive, but still very young. 
And and so, no, I, I don't see that happening. I, I would hope not. If Nick is right and, and the Bleacher Report hit on something and Cordero gets traded, I'd be not happy. <laughs> Nick, you could call back because you and I could commiserate because we can uh, we could both say, what the hell are you doing? Because that would be my reaction. What, what the hell are you doing? They have money under the cap. They're, they're like 10 million plus under the cap as it is. The only reason, I can't even think of a reason that you would cut Cordero. I mean, if you had to make more room under the cap because suddenly Yannick Ngakwe said, hey, listen, I'm interested. He's not the guy I'm cutting. I'll, I'll find other guys to cut to create more room under the cap. It ain't him. Boy, I hope that guy, the Bleacher Report that he read was wrong. I, I have not heard this. This is news to me. Uh, so, but then again, I, I'm, I'm not ear to the ground out in Flowery Branch every day either. So, um, I, I'm kind of with you, Nick. Hey, as you call in, I do want to talk to you. So I would have liked to have had a chance to talk more with Nick. Let's go to Tyler here. Tyler, what is the, uh, welcome to the show. And what is the one reason above all the reasons, and there are a lot of them that you see that would lead the Falcons to an NFC uh, South title this year? I'll tell you what, I, I just got to say the head coach, the coaches, we've got a little time around these guys. You know, a little time and effort to kind of get these guys to the same mindset that these coaches want to have. And, man, I mean, talk about the last three years of just stockpiling draft picks, stockpiling, you know, some, you know, veteran guys that, shit, can teach, or shoot, my bad, can teach these, some of these guys the, the way around, uh, you know, some winning football. Winning football is the way we got to be in Atlanta. Because it's been losing, 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 losing. Just get some winning mindset football around Atlanta, and I think we have a, a hell of a playoff team coming. Well, the very first thing I think he instilled in this is a don't quit attitude. You know, this team didn't have a whole lot of talent, and he and they and they didn't quit. They kept pushing, pushing. Right, as you said, they you know teams take on the personality of their head coach, and this guy is he's kind of an old school Tyler throwback, isn't he? I, I Tyler, let me ask you a question. Do you see the same? People on Twitter who will occasionally come on and say the Falcons, something to the effect of the Falcons won't be good until they fire Arthur Smith, or Arthur Smith needs to be fired; he's no good. And I just wonder what do you, what are you watching? Exactly. Why? Well, what are you watching? I mean, because what I'm watching on a Sunday NFL Sunday is a team that's a hell of a lot better than when we had. You know, I'm not even going to name his name. You know, the last head coach we had. But I'll tell you what, just the. The mentality of the players has been bigger, the better, I should say. The mentality of even the fan base. I, I, some of these people on Twitter just kind of these happy fingers and want to tweet whatever they want to tweet. And um, they're not actually watching the game, I feel like, that we're watching. Don't you get a sense, Tyler, that this team does emulate their coaching a little bit, that he's got that kind of – I like the fire that he has when he gets angry on the sidelines. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Fire him up. You know, I'm all about that. These are grown men. Fire these kids up, and let's get some winning football in this city. It's been long enough, huh? Yeah, right, exactly. I appreciate it, Tyler. And so long that the last time the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, some people think, oh, well, it ended at 28-3, to and they were no good after that. And some people forget that the very next year, you know, in 2017, the Falcons not only went back to the playoffs, they won 11 games. And they went back to, they were in the NL uh, Division Series in Philadelphia, first down and goal at the 10. If they score, and they threw it to Julio four times, if they score, they win the game. The whole Philadelphia, Nick Foles, you know, miracle thing never happens. The Falcons go to the Super Bowl. They would have been right back at the Super Bowl the next year. And then after that, 
not so much, because that game in Philadelphia where they failed on first to go of the 10, that was the last moment that any Atlanta Falcons football team has been above 500. Nearly six calendar years ago. That's why that first game against Carolina is kind of important. You want to beat Bryce Young. You want to win at home. You want to win a division game. And you want to be above 500 for God. I mean, cry it out loud. What above everything else will lead the Falcons to an NFC South title this year with John Frick on Sports Radio 90, John the Game. Sports Radio 92 on the game from the Northern Kia Studios. John Fricky and for John Chuckery. Chuck will be back on Monday. He's just taking a few days off here. Most people take a vacation. Matter of fact, Day is going on vacation soon. I just learned. Where are you going, Day Day? Puerto Rico. No? Oh, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rich Port. Rich Port. Yep, yep. Um, hey, uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah, I, I've been to Puerto Rico. We've been on a cruise. Uh, you know, how it was a it was a stop uh, on one of the cruises we uh-huh. took one time. In fact, it was the last cruise we took. Uh, February, what was that? February twenty COVID. We got shut down in what twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so February twenty twenty, um, we took the cruise, and then yeah, COVID happened a right month later. Right before COVID. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So you bought it back. It was you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was okay. All thanks. Me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, no, uh, it was. Uh, I before, this was a long time ago, though. It was 30 years ago. I had relatives who lived in uh, Ponce, Puerto Rico. And then uh, we went and met them in San Juan and sat, uh, sat on the beach there at the Sands in San Juan for, I don't know, four or five days. Nice. Got sunburned. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did to two all the casinos, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> beware. Okay, Dede? Have, uh, beware of the casino. I'm just, I, I didn't have a whole lot of luck. I, if you I win, I hope you do. I literally just asked my in-laws. I was like, are there casinos in Puerto Rico? Oh, yeah. That's all I need to know. Yes, there are. The answer is yes. Well, there were 30 years ago. I can't imagine they wouldn't still be there, okay? That's what, let's put it that way. Um, uh, let's go to your calls here. We're asking the question tonight about the Atlanta Falcons, about what above everything else. Now, I, I know that you want to say, well, John, it's this and this and this, because it's all true. And, and I agree with you that if they were to win the title in the NFC South, that they were to win the division, it's going to have to be all those things. But I'm kind of curious what you think the the leader, kind of the leading, what's what's leading the way for the Atlanta Falcons? What's that number one thing that they're leaning on? Is it like the coaching and the system as the, and the culture, as Tyler said? Is it, you know, the defense and uh, the improved roster? Uh, you know, we've had that call tonight. We've had, uh, you know, we haven't anybody had to say so far that it's going to be just their ability to smash, play smash mouth run, run football, which you could say as well. Uh, because now with Bijan and with uh, 
with uh, you know uh, Tyler and with uh, Algier and with I assume Cordero Patterson. Hey, Day Day, had you heard anything about Cordero Patterson being cut or traded? No, that was that was news to me. I hadn't heard that, so I don't know uh, what where you know. I know he said he saw it in Bleacher Report. Um, I believe I follow them. I, I hadn't seen anything about that, so that was news to me. Um, I'm doing some research now. I'm not really popping, seeing anything pop up. Let's go to uh, Michael. He joins us uh, on the WaitFord.com hotline. Hey, Michael. Hey, John. Hey, John. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, uh, it's definitely the run game. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, there's a blueprint. Peterson did it with the Eagles and made Nick Foles a super well quarterback by running a little blount and a jahi. Uh, you know, it keeps your defense fresh off the field. So, you're on the next defensive set. They can uh, get after it. Uh, time of possession, you know, majority of games are won by the team that controls the ball. It's, it's you know, it just all around makes it easier to carry if you can just control that ball. So, Michael, as you look at this run game, are, is your expectation that it's going to be a – uh, all on Bijan, or is it going to be on Bijan and Tyler and Cordero, and is to some degree onto the quarterback as well? And they all have to do it, or is it just going to be look? Bijan's got to just suddenly come out of the gates as the youngest, best uh, running back in the game. No, you, you can't play just only smash mouth anymore. I mean, you know, defensive schemes have gotten better; it's gotten faster. You know, they collapse a lot faster. You have to, you know, mix it up. That's the reason the RPOs work so well now. You know, you you spread out your tight ends opens up the field, you know, you have to mix it up. You have to, you know, toss it out every once in a while, run lateral. Um, it's definitely not only singular between the tackles. There's no way it'll work anymore. Hey, what is your expectation, Michael, when, since you're talking about the run game, what is your expectation of Bijan this year? Um, probably Algeria get most of, I would say he'll still get most of the carries, you know, Bijan will probably play more of the role that Cordero does. You know, I, I would see him moving more into the the multiple threat role. You know, uh, role than uh, and you know Cordero, especially if it is true he's getting traded. You know, that will be his role moving forward. And maybe that's so. Point of getting Bijan is is they have that replacement now, so they have a smash mouth. You know, they have a guy between the tackles and they have that guy that can the utility the guy that can go anywhere. All right, let, let's stop for a second because, Michael, I, I want to be clear here. I don't know where Nick got his information. I, I've not seen a Bleacher Report thing. There has been no indication that the Atlanta Falcons are shopping Cordero Patterson or planning to cut Cordero Patterson. I think they have high plans for him. Not only is their lead kick returner in a, in a possession game, you have to have field position. You have the best kick returner, one of the greatest in the history of the game. Why would you get rid of him? And his veteran leadership in that team is invaluable. And you're under the cap. It's not like you have to get – again, if you need to go out, if you're going to make another move here at one of those free agents that we talked about earlier, uh, you know, and, and say we can get an Isaiah Wynn or a Marcus Peters or a Yannick Ngakwe or a Jadavion Clowney, we need more money. That's not the guy you cut. I'm going off your information. I, I don't know. Again, I'm just saying I can see Bijan filling that role if Cordell didn't, you know, let's say he didn't get traded and he just went down for injury, you know. Oh, I, got you. That okay, I, got you. I see what you're saying. So, but yeah, he is the role, that guy who fill that role. And, and I appreciate that, Michael. And Cordero, let's not forget, he's a hybrid guy. I mean, he was a wide receiver. I mean, 
He, you know, he was a wide receiver who ran the ball a little bit, not a running back who caught the ball. He was a wide receiver who ran the ball, and uh, the Falcons flipped it around, made him a running back who, who occasionally caught the ball. When they first made him a running back, uh, there were some of us, me included, said, well, this is different. Uh, they're going to make a wide receiver a running back, primary running back. And we saw what he was able to do, and we went, okay, <laughs> well, I'm good with this. I appreciate the call, Michael. So he, Michael says the ground game and the ability to, uh, you know, control the tempo of the gameplay. Arthur Smith, there's an old uh, saw, Arthur Smith style football. There's an old saw in the game. Run the ball, stop the run, win the game. Run the ball, stop the run, win the game. If the Falcons could do that, they're going to be pretty successful. And now you've got a guy like Onyevana. I mean, you've got a guy like uh, Calais Campbell. You've got uh, a Bud Dupree to go along with Grady and uh, backups that include Timmy Horn and Eddie Goldman in the middle. you got something working in terms of trying to stuff that uh, other team and making them, you know, you know, kind of containing that run game a little bit. So, again, all these things, all, all signs, as Michael was talking about, point to my belief that the Atlanta Falcons are going to have a very successful season. Uh, Cornell is on with John. Hey, Cornell. Good one, sir. Good. Sir, um, I, I had to chime in on chime in on it. Um, I think the main thing that before the Falcons, with the Falcons getting to the playoffs, will be uh, going to do as far as game time management in the game. But the most 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 importantly, uh, the red zone scoring. Um, if I'm correct, in 2022, they was at 56.56% uh, tied with um, the Los Angeles Rams. But the thing was, the last three games, they was at 38.46% kind of like challenging so if they approve on the red zone um i think they'll be they would think they'll be an nfl uh, nfc um nfc south champions yeah that's a good point because we have seen them uh cornell struggle in the red zone time and time and time again over the uh, course of the last few years it has been a sore spot that we've talked about uh, when we were covering training camp for running out four or five years now uh you know the inability to score in the red zone and i go back to that game against philadelphia where we were still at the height of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, where they were in the red zone and could not score, or otherwise we would have gone back to the Super Bowl. So it's been something that's been a problem for this franchise. And now you have a, an offensive line that has matured into one of the best uh, run-blocking, if not the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. And you have a uh, core of running backs, but you also have Cornell. You know, something that, uh, that uh, Desmond Ritter didn't have, which is Kyle Pitts, because he didn't play with Kyle last year because Kyle was dinged up. And you have Jonu Smith. And, Cornell, I think some fans are going to find out just how valuable Jonu Smith can be. Uh, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I'll throw a stat at you. I think Jonu Smith last, night, last year had the ball thrown to him 24 times. He had zero drops. Not one. With the Tennessee so, Titans, sure did. You know, yeah, so, you know, and then the Patriots didn't know how to use him. Uh, and then, so Jonu is the kind of guy that can be a big red zone guy. Uh, Cordell can be a red zone guy. I, I I guess if you could just turn, we all love Young Way Koo, but if you can turn a few Young Way Koo chip shots, just if you turn last year, Cornell, if we turn three or four Young Way Koo chip shots into touchdowns, that team might win nine and win the division. And if y'all, and you also look at it too. You have your rookies that this is their sophomore season, so therefore they have a little one year familiarity with the new with the with the system that um, Coach Smith has implemented. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, and and so we'll see what uh, you know they they do. Uh, Red Zone has certainly been a, and I appreciate the call. Thank you, Cornell. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. We have a chance to talk to you all the way to eleven o'clock tonight. We're talking about the Falcons, and we'll get into another couple of other topics here as we go along. I do want to update you on the Atlanta Braves. Well, we we talk about high leverage situations. Well, Rysel Iglesias is about to get the biggest high level. Uh, uh, the biggest uh, situation that he's faced all uh, high leverage situation all year when he comes into this game in the bottom of the ninth inning, the Braves lead Tampa in a game that's flown by. It's only two hours and 10 minutes old because it's a two, one game. The Braves have struck out like 13 times. I think if I had the stats in front of me, I mean, it's a bit awful. They have one, one big hit. It was a two run home run by Sean Murphy and that, but that's been enough because Tampa's not hitting either. So it's two, one Braves. So this has got a little bit of a playoff kind of feel to it. We talked about the best team in the American League in the first half, the best team in the National League in the first half, meeting down in Tampa, and how it might give us a little bit of a preview of the World Series. Well, it's had a real playoff feel to it in that it's been a pitcher's duel, it's been a tight game, uh, and uh, the Braves have struggled at times to kind of produce runs here in this game. As a result, it could be a 2-1 game, and Iglesias is going to be called on to slam the door shut here and we'll see. This is the kind of situation where we have talked about this, about having a lockdown closer. And your lockdown closer comes into a game of this magnitude against a team this big on the road. And can he get it done? Can he shut the door? We're about to find out in the next few minutes as to whether or not he can. And we'll certainly bring that into the discussion as well. I, I'm not saying that I don't think that Rysel could grow into being, he's been an effective closer, so has Kirby Yates. I just haven't seen maybe the best of those guys yet this year. And uh, now we're going to see them in uh, in more of a see. The, the only thing is, is you know, even with a high leverage situation here, the Braves are so far ahead in the National League, there may not be a whole lot of high leverage situations for any of the relievers to be in until we get to the playoffs. Because the fact of the matter is, the Braves may coast to the postseason here. Okay, they may just flat coast to it. And just not that they're going to just take it easy and, oh, we got this. But there's, you know, they'll win, they'll win a bunch of games, they'll have fun, and we'll, all that kind of stuff. But there's not going to be anybody pressing them. The closest team in the East is the Miami Marlins, and they're eight games behind the Braves, and the Braves are 9 and 1 against them. The closest team to them in the entire National League is the Miami Marlins, who are eight games behind them, and against them, they're 9 and 1. So, you know, they're eight games ahead of anybody else, including. Uh, the Dodgers, everybody in the National League, or more. Heck, they're like 22 games ahead of the Mets. Okay, kick the Mets to the curb. All right, quick break here. Top of the hour, back to our discussion here. I also want to ask you in a few minutes, in relation to the Braves, we'll continue our discussion on the Falcons, and in relation to the Braves, if you've been a fan in Georgia when it comes to pro sports, not college, right? not high school, pro What's the most fun team you've ever watched? Because this Braves team is quickly becoming the most fun team I have ever watched in Atlanta sports. All the great uh, Braves teams of the past, all the great Falcons teams, uh, Hawks, everything. This particular Braves team has been the most fun for me to watch. Though it might give me heartburn tonight to watch Inglesius in the ninth. All I have with John Fricke on Sports Radio 90 Time, the game in the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.